right, so uh, welcome back to the Price for Paradise podcast. I'm Preston, your host, and with me, as always, we got Walker Ramsey's my co-host. Aloha. And today we got a, a special guest uh, with us, professional swimmer Amy Bilquist. Hi, guys. She, uh, hey, hey, Amy. What's up? And uh, she swims for the International Swim League. She swam for the LA Current and the DC Trident. Yep. And she formerly went to UC Berkeley and swam there. Um, you can look her up. Wow. She's got a Wikipedia page with a ton of accolades. I can't name them all off for you, but I'm sure she can. Uh, so yeah, what's up, Amy? How's it going? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing well. So, so happy to get you on the podcast. Um, so. Yeah, we were talking about um, accolades. So what are some accolades that are really special to you in your career? Yeah, so when I was at Cal, I was a five-time national champion on relays. And then the summer after I graduated, um, it was the first time I was ever an individual national champion. Um, so that was really exciting. So six-time national champion, alternate for the 2016 Olympic team, um, so I've been American record holder on a couple relays, a world record holder on a relay back in 2014. Wow. Uh, yeah, some, some Insane. good, good stuff there. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and for, um, uh, you guys at home, we, we didn't really, we don't really know Amy. Uh, the other day I just ran into her and, uh, she told me she was a professional swimmer and I was like, Oh, cool. I have this podcast. You want to be on it? I was like, uh, figured she would be an interesting guest then I looked her up and I realized how interesting of a guest she really would be she's an amazing swimmer you can look her up she's got a bunch of stuff out there for sure (laughs) (laughs) Amy before we uh, go any further I have to ask you a question because um, one of my clients is a mindset coach and uh, he had on his podcast a uh, former Olympic swimmer as well her name is Bria Larson Um, she's oh you know Bria yeah, she actually oh. like used to live in the complex right next to me, so we were kind of neighbors. Oh my god, that's so oh. cool! Okay, I wanted to ask yeah. you that because I just wasn't sure. I know she's a bit older than us, um, uh, but I, yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the swimming world is super small, especially like one when you become a professional. There's not a ton of professionals in swimming, so you gotcha. kind of all link up. And Bria's from Arizona too, so right. I'd always looked up to her growing up, and then was able to be kind of like a peer. So that was awesome. Oh, very cool. What an awesome connection. That's yeah. I was just like, cause I, I imagine like the swimming community, like, especially if it was in Arizona would kind of be familiar with, with most of the people in it. That's really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> she was a, uh, she was a lot of fun, a lot of energy on the podcast too. <laughs> um, so I, I guess my biggest question, you, you, you listed off a lot of just amazing accolades, you know, things that a lot of people won't even be able to sniff in their career of swimming. But, um, if you could pick one to like that, you could highlight that just made you feel some type of way, you know, that just really uh, stood out the most to you and what you could credit that to, you know, mentor, coach, a certain mindset. Like, do you have one of those that comes to mind? Oh yeah, definitely. So a little bit more like brief backstory of my career. I've been injured a ton. Like I could take any football player and go toe to toe with an injury list. So (laughs) I think um, it was interesting. My senior year at Cal, I, in September, was diagnosed with three stress fractures in my legs, two in my left, one in my right. Oh, my was, gosh. It was literally so embarrassing. I would walk around with an extra shoe in my bag because half the day I'd be in the boot in the left foot. And then when it hit, like, 1 p.m., I'd switch and move it to the right foot. So I was, like, booting both my legs oh my throughout gosh. the day. 
and on crutches as well. And that lasted about six weeks. I got cleared, was really excited. The collegiate swimming season's kind of like September to March, March being our NCAA. So, you know, you never want to be injured in any part of the season because it's short, but especially the building blocks um, part of the season. And then I got cleared. The next day I was carrying groceries inside, stepped a little bit wrong and broke my foot. So then just oh immediately, like they just handed the crutches right back to me. At that point, they gave me a personalized boot. My trainer felt really bad on me, was putting like stickers on my boot. She's like, you're going to be in this one for a while again. And <sighs> this was like super devastating because I had all sure. of these goals in my collegiate career. I've had a really hard time every year. Something was always happening. And I was just like at this point where it just felt like I could work as hard as I could but I was still getting dealt. But you're going to break yourself every single time. All the time. And I just didn't know, like, I was like, in a past life, was I a serial killer? Like, what is up with this? Like, where is this coming from? And um, so, you know, I really had to take a step back my senior year and obviously wasn't in the pool, but I had so much drive. And I remember my first dual meet that I had to sit out was against Texas. And that was always a big one for us. And the coach Carol, she didn't have to come up and say anything to me, but she came up and said, I know you're probably down on yourself right now, but just remember their senior year magic. And, you know, I feel like anyone else could have been like, Oh, like whatever, like whatever, Carol, like keep it yeah. moving. But yeah. I, that for some reason that just resonated so deeply in me. And I was like, you know, this sucks right now, but I can still create some magic here. How can I do it? So in my swimming, my upper body was a weakness. All right. Now I have a broken foot. I can do upper body all day. I was going into the gym more than like the normal weight sessions because now I wasn't swimming. So I could get in more Mm. weights and I could get in more like arm bike cardio arms. And I distinctly remember I would go on the arm bike three times a week and I'd shut my eyes and I'd imagine my swim while I'm biking. And I'd open my eyes and try to finish exactly at my goal time. And I got down to a point where I could do it. I could be like, all right, here's my first 25 go open my eyes. I'm at that split 50 at the split 75 at the split hundred where I want to finish. Wow. And Eventually I was able to get back like fully in the water at the end of December, which is rough in swimming because then it's March as NCAAs. Half the team's already starting to like come down a little bit into our team. And you're just barely getting into it. And I'm just like, will I even be able to have the endurance to finish my race? But I think a lot of that's also just, I've been swimming my whole life. My endurance space is going to be there. You get it back at that point. Once you were there, it's like all you need is a couple weeks to get back to where you want to. Yeah. Right. And and at that point, it's more of a mental game. If you're thinking you're not going to get there, you're not going to get there. But if you're like, oh, like, just give me a couple weeks, I'll be back in shape. Boom. Let's go. So yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because in other seasons at college, it's like, this sucks. Like I'm not a bad season. And I never had a bad season, but I definitely didn't have seasons that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So the mindset change um, was huge. Yeah. yeah, So we have our Pac-12s in February and I went out there literally not knowing what's going to happen. This was like my first real meet of the season now. And, um, I go out there and I end up winning the hundred back and (laughs) I win a best time, which I hadn't done since my freshman year. And I was like, okay, maybe I should break my foot more often. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't actually break my foot again. And, um, ended up having a really good meet there. We set, um, we set a lot of pac 12 records every time we swam pretty much one, every relay, which was a big deal. And then three weeks later is NCAAs and had a little bit of confidence. Now, you know, I had that little, I had a pop off. So I was like, okay, like maybe there is senior year magic. Maybe I'm in it. And I ended up 
finishing runner up in my individual event, which was my highest finish ever. I top eight in all three of my events, which is really hard to do. I got Mm -hmm. second, fifth and sixth, I think. And then I, every, or we won three out of the five relays and I was on four of the relays. So three of the relays I was on one and set American and NCAA records, every, every one that we won. So that was really exciting. And I think I just credit that all one to changing my mindset to be like, all right, this is a bummer. And like being okay with like feeling bad for myself for like a day or two. And then realizing I have to Once you accept it. it. I just sit. Yeah. yeah. If I just sit in this, like it's not helping anyone. It's not helping my team. And I just made you sure that control. no matter what, right. I was still staying on deck and I went to every practice, whether I could be in the water or not. And I was trying to do something to help my team or for me, just visualize the practice. Like, Hey, maybe I'm sitting here on a bleacher looking like stupid. But yeah, I can kind of right. like close my eyes and like feel how I would be in yeah. these sets and really stay connected that way. And um, yeah, I think that's really what made like the senior year so special is I yeah, I had to be creative about it. And and I definitely know in my career, everyone, I think, thinks sports is like, all right, you do X and you arrive at Y and Z, you know, and in my but career, it's... it was like you do A and then you arrive at 27 32, <laughs> yeah. 205, and then you'll get to Z, you know? Right. So my, my career took a really different route, but it was once I became a stronger mental athlete, I was able to overcome those obstacles. And it, and, and at some point, yeah, they were physical obstacles, but they were far more mental than they ever were physical. Well, Even to overcome the physical, bone. you had to have that better mindset, like, yeah, yeah. just go around it and work on the other things too. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what an awesome piece of advice, you know, just mentioning your mind, just a simple mindset switch took you from athlete A to like athlete B, just like, you know, next level types. It's that that's really an interesting thing to me because mindsets are something that a lot of people struggle with, especially in athletics. And I think for me, the key with mindset is, you know, not every morning you're going to wake up and be like, the mindset's not yeah, going to come. It's not going to be morning. there. Yeah. Right. You and to work give on yourself. But to give yourself that grace to be like, okay, I'm a little off today. Like, how can I get there instead of being like, I'm off, it's done. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> just give it up. Be able like to now. like seeing it consistently as a work in progress. Even when I thought I was mastering it, you never master your mindset. You have to continue working on it, continue building it's a it, continue perfecting it. Such a yeah. great point. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wake up and be like, I'm positive. Everything in life's great. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be a great athlete. It doesn't work like that. So you yeah. got to keep working on it. That's so, so what do you, so that a huge part of that is consistency. It's just, it's just being able to be consistent. How are you able to stay consistent? Cause I sometimes struggle with, cause I, I have the, you know, everyone has those days where they wake up and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to do anything today. And at times I can fall victim to that and just end up, you know, not doing much throughout my day. Um, granted it doesn't happen all the time, but they do happen. So like, you know, what advice would you have to just be a more consistent person? Cause I'm working on that right now. Yeah. Do you have like a morning routine yeah. rituals yeah. that you yeah, go routines. through? I would definitely say one, like my answer would have been routines, like create oh, a routine, yeah. establish a routine, but no, like you need to give yourself maybe one day every week or every other week where you can like get a little bit off the routine and give yourself that break. You know, if you wake up every single morning and you're going, 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 you're going to eventually like wear yourself out to the point where you're not ever going to be able to get back on that routine anytime Mm, soon. Right. So to be able to have that grace, I mean, at Cal, this is a little different, but we would do a double Monday, double Tuesday off Wednesday, double Thursday, double Friday, single Saturday off Sunday. And normally a normal swim program is like double single, double single, double single off. But we had two off days 
because on the other days we were swimming, we went extra hard or we did an extra lift session in those you days. So the extra, yeah. Right. Building in these breaks throughout the week, I think make you more productive on the other days. So, mm. you know, wake wow. up, start your day, get up. And then on the days where you can be a little more relaxed, I think you'll find yourself still being a slightly more productive because you're right. in a routine, but you also are not so like obsessed with getting things done. You have a little bit more grace with yourself and a little bit more time to relax and recover. Because I think a lot of people just, especially on your mental health, like if you're not recovering, not only is your body going to hurt, but you're going to hit a block where you're not going to want to get things out of bed for like yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, and you embrace your time off instead of like, you yeah. know, like instead of feeling like, Oh, there's something to do. There's something to do. Like you embrace your right. time. Oh, I get to like, except I'm day. not doing anything right now. Yeah. Right. Like I'm worrying oh. about that tomorrow. I'm right. Like right. I remember Wednesdays was so funny at Cal Wednesdays were everyone booked a ton of school that day. Cause it was so hard to take classes <laughs> on the other day. So we were in school, but like, mo- like one Wednesday a week, our team would just go to the beach or a couple of us would go to the beach, you know, just oh. get away. Or like, it was a laundry day. It was kind of a chore day, but things that were like, I, I was so excited to do laundry because it wasn't going to practice. You yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so just making sure you're doing about. like even those mundane tasks. Cause that's not really hard. Right. It's like, you just throw your washer. Just and mindless. Like, you're good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just like, making might sure well be productive days. in that time. You're like, you're not right. And like, there's days where you're just like, you can, you don't have to think about your goals 24 seven on those days. Like I remember our Wednesdays were like, if you talk about swimming today, we're going to not like you. So like, <laughs> don't talk about swimming, like let it go. Let's be normal people. Let's be right. like, you know, normal yeah. student students in college. Let's not just be these like robotic intense student athletes right now. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, going off of that, being a college athlete, like what did you miss out on? What did you feel you missed out on most on that side of things? Oh my God. It's you sign your life over. It is a, <laughs> yep. and I think it was the first time <laughs> in my life. I the was like, I'm a number. This is a business. You have to perform. Like it, it's a business when it comes down to it, you going through the recruiting process, it's rainbows and butterflies. Oh, like, we just want you so bad on this team. Like we're going to do anything for you. <laughs> right. And then you get there and it's like, figure your shit out. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're now you're in locked yourself. in. Yeah. You're in now. I mean, <laughs> our, I mean, our practice schedule was brutal. Granted we got Wednesdays off, which was really nice, but every other day was absolutely brutal. And it's like, I had windows of classes to take nine to 1130 AM pretty much Monday Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, which is a short window. And then I'd have five to eight. So yeah. it's like, I'm doing like very odd times. I'm eating in class. I am like eating oh my gosh. on my way home. And then it's like, you have to go to bed early. So it just is like, you give up on pretty much having any form of social life outside your team. And, and outside yeah. your team. No, yeah. You right. You'll have definitely a like a virtual so, social life. Like I can sure, still text yeah. my other friends, but it's like I'm seeing the girls on my team face to face for eight plus hours a day. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to practice with them. A lot of them are in the same classes as you, and then you go back mm-hmm. to practice with them, and then you go home and you live with them, and it's, you're with exactly. them all the time. And I think it gets exhausting. And if you don't build that like outside network, you're going to run yourself into a hole. But you really the social life I think is just kind of an obvious thing that you give up and you just yeah. also give up. Like, I don't, I don't want to say freedom cause that's not the right word, but you give up 
the ability to make stupid choices as a college student. You know, I feel like college is about making stupid choices and learning about them and being like, oh, well, everyone does it. We're 20 year olds. You don't really get that. You don't get that as a student athlete. You make one dumb decision, you're out the door or like you're on probation or things are happening. So you don't get that, that grace to feel. And it's so funny, you know, I, I made mistakes and I remember having, I made a really like, what I thought in my life was like the worst mistake I ever could have made, like almost jeopardized everything. And I was talking to my my friend who wasn't a student athlete. He's like, I literally do that on a regular basis. <laughs> so it's just like, it's so funny. Like, For just sure. like you're under this microscope and everything you do is just amplified. So you don't get the room to really make those dumb choices. You have to act professionally. You, you're in a business, you're replaceable, all of that. So you kind of have to function in college where it's a, environment to make dumb choices as a yeah. smart it's like acting like being athlete. a grown-up and we're like still oh, kids. yeah we haven't even learned how to be that i mean the embarrassment that came from my freshman year when i was in the dorms in bed at 8 30 at night like almost every night i was so strict about my sleep my freshman year and it's like my whole hallway is up to like 3 to 4 a.m yeah and it just like you have to you but i couldn't have done that so you kind of just make those sacrifices and live a different college experience than everyone else. Yeah. And student athletes are a different breed. Like you, you yeah. can either handle it or you can't. And like to some, yeah. you explain that to, and they're like, Oh my, how did you do that? And to others, it's just like, you know, that's like the price that we paid to pay up to play our sport in college. And you know, that's, that's the way it yeah. goes. But, and I think people always forget about paying that price. Cause they're like, Oh, yes. student athletes get everything. You get merch, you get like meals, you get everything. And I was yeah. like, one swimmers didn't get anything. <laughs> I remember my freshman year, oh, we were at Nike. You're, you're expecting they it. Even, like, they didn't even give us a t-shirt. I'm like, all right, uh, Nike, thanks for that. But like, uh, everyone else looks at you like, oh, you got in here just because you're a good athlete. And I'm like, what I like, do, what? Yeah. you couldn't do for a week. Yeah, so, seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's also a part to holding up your academic success, like while you're a student athlete as well. So like you have yeah. to definitely be good on the books, like, or at least at least a place like you know you have to be able to yeah that was a big thing for me though i mean growing up my dad was just super into academic my mom was too but it was you get good grades or you can't swim so i actually ended up graduating with the highest gpa of female student athletes at cal so that was a really important thing to me as well to like make sure i'm balancing that academics and my swimming that's awesome that's very cool I didn't put any emphasis in my f- academics when I played <laughs> baseball in college. No, it's all right. I mean, I we always talk more. about it. It's like there's more. the talent and there's the GPA boosters on the team. And it's like very rare you get someone <laughs> with both of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, well, so interested- how did that? Oh, no. Go ahead, Will. No, no, no. no you, you, you. I was just going to ask a quick question because you mentioned uh, about the stress fractures in your leg. Is that a common swimming injury or was no, that kind of like all. a fluke thing? No, yeah, so I ended up having, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's super interesting. It started, it started at the end of my junior year of high school. I was just getting these oh, like wow. insane pains in my legs. And then from my junior year of high school until like as, as of late. So what is that? A six, seven year span. I've had 15 stress fractures in my legs. I get them in the same exact spot. Holy when I get them, I'll get two in my left, one in my right. Like I get it at the same time, both legs and no one believed me. I'm like, when I went to college, it's like, Hey guys, like, I know Good. I have these stress fractures. The pain. I know. Yeah. I like, yeah. I know how it feels. And they're like, if you have these stress fractures, there's no way you'd be walking right now. 
And I'm like, okay, I promise you. And then I literally point to, I mark with Sharpie on my leg. When I was in the doctor's appointment, they send me, send me straight to the MRI and I'd come back. And every time they'd be like, you're right. We're sorry. I'm like, I know my body. I know yeah. how it feels. I like, I know oh, this. It's gotta like, be so frustrating. Please listen yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. And then they eventually started listening to me because after like two or three bouts of me being like, I know what it feels like, <laughs> like they yeah. Yeah. start listening, but it, it was interesting. You don't, you don't see it in any swimmers. So I know my case when I was in high school was actually brought to like an orthopedic conference because they're like, why does she get these? Right. And it's never, we never truly figured it out. But a lot of times swimming, if you, if you're looking at anatomy, a lot of swimmers have really flexible ankles because we need that. Better. Yeah. So if these are your feet straight forward. Mine come in, I can point my toes in, like directly at each other. And that's kind of how I'm swimming. It's like this. Cause you're trying to make one big thing. Like looking at my toes. So, oh, so I mean, just like, if you think about it right now, you're at home, your feet are on the ground and you turn your toes in towards each other. Yeah. That's going to fire up that lower, lower tibia, like right above your foot. And that's where I'd get them because my calf would get uh, so tight. It would start pulling at the bone. See what bone is connected to muscle. So that's, that's their thought of me getting it because I'm not a runner. I didn't do right. anything. I, I yeah. like in my career, we eliminated all dry land at some point because we're like, she's probably getting it on land. There's no way she's getting it in oh, water, but I'm getting it even... in the water. And so, right. which is so pathetic to be honest, because it's like, <laughs> I was a volleyball player for so much of my life and I never got it playing volleyball. So it's huh. definitely yeah. an in the water thing. So once we figured it out, figured out, like when I started to feel it, they would shut me down so quick because you can like be proactive about it, but it was about learning my body better. Mm -hmm. And also making sure that mm -hmm. the people like the staff trusted me and they eventually did. But I was like, I'm not trying to get out of this. I'm telling you, if we push this further, I'm going to be in a boot for six weeks again. Like yeah. I'm trying to help us both out here. So Yeah. 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 Wow. How, that's, that's incredible to be so in tune with your body because you know, I can remember a lot of injuries or setbacks in baseball. I just be like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just kind of ice it and maybe get a little oh, rub so out. Hopefully it's good tomorrow. And, and I then I just was dealing exactly with it the what whole I season. Do. <laughs> oh yeah. I know exactly what I do. And I know when it's like, all right, this pain will just suck for a little bit and it'll eventually go in. I know when I really hurt myself and I think it still shocks the people around me. I'm like, no, I seriously hurt this. And they're like, well, you're still doing everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is really bad. Yeah. So like at my yeah. last or three weeks ago now at my third Olympic trials, I remember early in May, I like was helping someone it was so dumb on an airplane to a meet someone like couldn't lift their bag and the overhead baggage. And I was like, had my hands full, and, like went to help them. And I heard it in my chest and I was like, Oh uh, no. And then like the whole flight, my arm was numb and I was like, something's not right here. And like the whole meet, I was just off and so much pain when I was swimming. And I was at this point where it's like Olympic trials are four weeks away. Like, what do I do? So I go see a couple of physical therapists and like, I, um, actually one of my ex-boyfriends plays in MLB. So we're still on good terms. And he like sent me to his shoulder guy and I was like, I got to get out there to see him. <laughs> and, um, he was like, I mm. think you have like thoracic outlet syndrome, which is basically there's three different types of it. I ended up being diagnosed with two of the types. So neuro and vascular. So my nerves and my um, blood vessels are getting compressed. And we found out how I did that is I actually dislocated my chest. Oh <laughs> so my I dislocated, dislocated my sternum. Like my sternocleavacular joint. So where your collarbone meets your sternum, yeah. mine popped out. Oh, Which is like oh. an injury you see in car accidents and football players. But this is the thing. It's like everything I get is so dumb. Like it's so rare. <laughs> it doesn't happen to swimmers. Like, Helping the way someone I get put it their suitcase up yeah. on the plane. Like, like oh. how embarrassing. My chest just popped. So, oh. um, but yeah, so it's like 
I know when I do things like in that moment, I was like, this is super bad. I'm going to play it down. So I'm going to go to the meet. And then literally the week after I had three MRIs, a CT and a nerve test. And they were like, why did you keep going? It's that competitive spirit. It's that competitive spirit. It's your identity. That's your whole life. Like, yeah. Right. And I wasn't going to, in 2019, I graduated college and I had this position where I swim another year, try for my third Olympic team in 2020, or I just like go get a job and never know. And I was like, in 10 years, I'm going to regret that so bad. (laughs) So I ended up trying to go that year and then life happened. And that year became two really quick with the pandemic. So at that point I was like, I, no matter how I feel, I'm showing up at that meet because I I need to just swim at that meet. Even if I'm doing terrible, at least I've made it like, and I went, so yeah. Yeah. And how did you do determination? I didn't do bad at all. Actually, I ended up getting ninth um which is which was quite a downgrade from 2016 but also like to know that i got ninth with like a dislocated joint with thoracic outlet syndrome against the greatest twice, swimmers like, in the world yeah not to mention and it was like not even just like getting ninth but for me it was showing up like that Being was my thing because i i had two surgeries in the past year I had, I knew I messed up my chest. It was just everything was like trying to make me not get there. And I was like, is this a sign from like the world that I just need to stop? (laughs) But I think it was just, again, just being tested and tested and like having to build that mental fortitude to make it it through it. Yeah. So speaking about all these injuries, uh, we're really big into the alternative health space. So we wanted to know like a little bit of like the therapies that you did to like get back to from these surgeries because it's not like it's like easy recovery and then you right. have to be back again in the same year so yeah. what'd you guys what'd you go through on therapy wise yeah so um starting in college it was really interesting like with the stress fracture conundrums they weren't ever really figuring out what was what could help it was just i would get them and it, i needed to rest but they're like well we need to like speed up the rest process well, yeah. so there is one physical therapist who actually came in and sat me down and said, all right, it's all in your head. Just stop thinking you're going to get stress fractures. And I walked up to my trainer. I was like, if you don't get her out of here right now, like I am going to throw a fit. Like this is not mental. I'm not mentally making myself stress fractures. I don't want this. Um, But actually what ended up happening was a lot of like, I would say quote unquote, like an alternative routes and kind of like Eastern medicine a little bit. Like um cupping was really big i had like Love the cupping. best um but it's not okay the one i got he would be so mad at me if i said cupping it's like myofascial decompression yeah so he was like the guy who brought it to the u.s so i was so lucky to work with him his name's christy prado and then the thing that really sent like my healing process over the edge was actually dry needling um that was dry really needling. big and i think a lot of things that athletes like if you're having reoccurring things like explore dry needling because a lot of my injuries were caused from I'm working so hard. My muscles never fully got to just relax. So they were continuously pulling on my bones. Always So any, yeah. So any like little misstep, like when I broke my foot, it was because my tendon was so tight. My tendon pulled off a piece of my foot, like pulled off a bone, which is like, normally you just walking your ankle would be able to like kind of bounce back from that. But I was so tight. It just ripped right off. So I really think like dry needling was big at the beginning of my shoulder thing. I was dry needling because we didn't know what it was and it did give me some relief. It wasn't, it wasn't going to fix this problem, but I would say dry yeah. needling and cupping were the biggest things that 
brought my foot back so quickly from it being broken and all my stress fractures and just also, um, visualizing, but deep breathing was a good thing. It's like, I getting into like Mm -hmm. a meditative Mm -hmm. form at least like once or twice a day, just to kind of like settle everything down. And and for me, I always believe like that really promotes healing, like whether it's mental healing, physical healing, whatever it is. So really making sure I was like spending that extra time a day to just like connect with my body and like bring it like up a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause yeah, I'm that breath- you're talking to the man who preaches. So, yeah, like, yeah. So you talking about that just even just confirms a lot of great stuff about breathing. But um, also as a swimmer, did you do any breathing exercises? Like, because I know the the swimming technique has a big, difference in breathing than on land i'm telling everyone to breathe through their nose but you can't do that underwater (laughs) yeah i i think swimming and swimming and breathing is really interesting because i mean the whole concept of swimming is to not drown and to like fight drowning so even like when you're a really good swimmer it's still this like instinctual fear of you know i'm under the water i cannot breathe so it's like we would do intense underwater work at Cal where we would just do like 50s on a very short base where it was underwater, over the water, but you couldn't breathe either way. And then just go straight into it. The whole point of my coach doing that was because you are going to get emotionally like built up Freaked and like out. in your chest right. and you're going to be like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And the whole point of it was to do it, but stay as calm Relax. as you can and to learn how to like be under the water and do it. So we were almost being taught that through not breathing, but being able to control the breath. And I, I think actually a big thing that's kind of, kind of come on scene with swimmers now is standing in really cold showers and be able to control your breath, like taking nice long deep breaths because you're trying to like mimic this panic state and being able to stay calm in it. And I think that's the biggest thing in swimming and breathing. It's you're going to be fighting this instinctual fear. You're going to be going as fast as you can. Your heart rate's going to be up. How can Mm -hmm. you stay calm in all this and control the one thing and that's going to make or break your race, which is your breathing. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. if you're up here, like, <laughs> like shallow yeah, yeah. breathing the whole race, <laughs> like your muscles are going to fry. You have to be able to make sure in some breaths you're taking a belly breath. You have to feed those muscles that oxygen because you don't, breathing isn't 24 seven in swimming. Like you right. have to time it. You only get it a certain amount of strokes, all of that. Good, so man. being able to, I think all of our breathing work was typically like under stress or under like a panic situation or a cold. So you can handle the panic. Right. Yeah. And then we also, I love my weight coach in college. He was really big on breathing too. So at the end of like a tough weight mm-hmm. session, we'd all lay on the ground and he'd give us two big breaths and then we'd hold it. But he's like, if you ever get to like the shaking, you need to let it go. He's like, you need to be able to hold this and like feel confident in that breath. And as soon as you start to panic, work through it. If you can't stop. So we eventually got to the point where I think the first time we did it, some girls were like 20, 30 seconds. Like at the end, we had girls going like a minute and 40 seconds. Like wow. we, we were just like, and to fe- and felt confident in that. And was like, oh, I was totally fine. And didn't come up and was like, <gasps> like they came yeah. up totally yeah. normal, like got the breathing right back in sync. So um, those were really important. And I, one, not only did I see a big benefit in like my swimming and being able to stay calm, but just like in life in general, I would notice in more stressful situations, yeah. I wasn't so up in my shoulders and breathing really shallow. Like, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing. And, you know, clearing your mind and being able to process well as well. 
That's a great point at translating no, to normal everyday life, you know, being able yeah. to handle stress better and more efficiently. That's a, that's a tremendous point. Well, yeah, that, that panic she's talking about when you're under the water, that's that CO2 tolerance. Like, so when your CO2 is rising, you're like freaking out this whole time. So being able to sit in that is going to be so important. That's amazing. Right. And that's what yeah. I know the Cal men's team, they're really big on it too. Um, I don't know if you know what a bulkhead is, but if you have like an Olympic sized pool, a bulkhead is like the floating wall that can make it like a shorter pool. Okay. So the men's team at the beginning of the season, um, they would all have to sit under that, hold their hands up. So they couldn't come up. They're sitting under a bulkhead, which also adds more stress. Cause not only are you underwater, but now you're, but you're under, yeah. you're, you're not lifting it up, but you're holding oh, yourself okay. down. Yeah, yeah. But there's something like the fear of being held down almost yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And they had to stay down there and pass a buoy to each other back and forth, like five times. So it's a long time to be underwater and a buoy is a hard thing to also move because it wants to float. And they would do that multiple times. and. And they eventually all got to be able to do it, but it was for them, it's like teaching them to stay calm. And that's, that's a really like, I think counterintuitive thing when you're thinking about swimming, it's like, Oh, race, go fast, go. Err. It's like everything. I think in sports, like the best athletes, like if you watch them, they're calm and controlled, even yes. if they're giving 110% of the effort, like watch the NBA, like when you see LeBron point. moving different, yeah. you know, like a lot of the big names like Booker just moving different with yes, the ball. Like he's in control. He's calm. Like calm even in like confidence. a buzzer beater. He's you a, can see him. He's up, but beater. he's still. Oh yeah. A buzzer beater. Like watch their face. Like it is, it doesn't change from the rest of the game. It's calm. It's like a still face. Like nothing's really like, oh, they're not clenching their teeth, anything. But if you look at some of the other guys, like it's so much more emotional and Emotion yes. is honestly a counterintuitive thing in sports. Like you don't really want it. You want to be in control of the emotions. As soon as your emotions yeah. start to control you, like it's done. Yeah. So really being able to process that, whether it's like through breathing or just through mental work, that's also a big thing. That's sports awesome. in general. Yeah. I Amazing. love that. Well, you're talking to the breathing guru himself. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Thank Woods, you so baby. much. But uh, anyways, aside from breathing, let's get into like your diet. So like, as a swimmer, like, I mean, like you fuel your body very specifically. So, uh, being a pro, what do you do? Yeah, it's funny. I've gotten like, I've just dabbled and I feel like a different type, like different types of diets, but it, I would never say I'm on a diet. It's more like a trend. Um, okay. um, so I think one thing I experimented with in college was a blood type diet. And I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but it's like, kind of like, whatever blood type you have, it's like, yep. you can trace back to your ancestors, mm-hmm. you know, were they hunters, gatherers, like what were they eating? What parts of the world were they in? So I tried that for a little bit. And I That's actually cool. found out that I respond a lot better to like potato carbs and like pasta carbs. Huh. So that was a big thing for me, like pasta nice. carbs, I would just get really bloated. And I'd like, it just wasn't as like, for me, it felt like it wasn't as pure as an energy and it didn't last as long. Whereas like yeah. a sweet potato, I felt like I wasn't like, bloated i felt like that energy was more sustainable and that it, i was like full longer so there's like things i learned from that it was, mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't like stay on that forever because i was like this is like the same food over and over and over again like i want to try other things <laughs> yeah, too. but yes. i feel like everything i kind of dabbled in i learned so it's like i'm six three so i'm i'm tall i'm a big girl and like yeah. to be able to tall. um i was always tall and like growing up i wasn't always I was never like fat or anything, but I wasn't cut. Like I didn't have the muscle cuts that I felt like other swimmers had. And I was like, what is this? Like, what is happening? Like, I know I'm as strong as them. Like I want to look as strong as them too. Yeah. So I feel like for me, it was really about like, I had to kick my protein intake way higher than I thought I needed to. 
So I would say, honestly, for a swimmer, I'm kind of different. Like I really don't pump as many carbs as a lot of other swimmers do. I still pump carbs. Don't get me wrong. But like some swimmers where it's like 60 to 70% of their plate is carbs. Um, I had to have a lot bigger um, protein intake. And a lot of that too, because of all of my injuries and making sure I'm taking collagen supplements because, you know, my joints and all of that, like connective stuff. So working collagen into that and just fruits and veggies as well. So for me, like I had to also start tailoring my diet to like foods that helped rebuild things within my body. So protein to help rebuild the muscles, collagen to help rebuild like the joints and the small muscles in there as well. And all of that and just the fruits and veggies for overall like nutrition. And I, I just am not the biggest fan of carbs. Like I still eat them. I need them for that energy source. But I think as I got older, I started eating less and less carbs and could really see like the benefit in my performance and also my physique. Right. Yeah. And just piggybacking off of that, I'm just curious. Um, thanks for bringing up diet, Woody, because like that kind of feeds into what I wanted to ask. You mentioned supplements like, you know, protein and collagen and stuff. Did you take any other things like fish oil or um, turmeric, like things to help your joints, like I, especially as a swimmer? Um, but yeah. I, I know I took a lot of supplements in college when I played baseball. And I'm just curious if you took, you know, any additional supplements. Yeah, that, I feel know, like legal, I kind of legal went, supplements, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah. I went like in and out with some of them and it's like doctors would tell me to go on this and then like it would work or it didn't. So I'd go off of it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of like raw supplements. I wanted to like incorporate them in my diet. Sure. So I did start incorporating turmeric a lot. Like I put turmeric on everything mm-hmm. um, because my, my dry needle um, lady, she was very into like Eastern medicine and healing medicine. And at yeah. one point she gave me like this concoction that was like supposed to help heal. It tasted like actual dirt. It was terrible, <laughs> but I tried it a little bit. I was like, I, you're hey, great. That's the price for paradise. Like, <laughs> healing stuff. Yeah, the price. Yeah, I, was like, I was literally like gagging drinking it. I was like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. But it's like, adding turmeric on a lot of things, like switching my oils, like the oils I was cooking with, like to get a little bit more avocado oil in there for more of like the fattiness and right. And all that stuff, just really changing it up. But yeah, definitely collagen was probably the biggest thing I took frequently and just whey proteins as well. Yeah, But I, I took fish oil intermittently throughout my career, but something that's also been very good for me personally was zinc. Zinc really helps as well. Yeah. And I think I didn't, I think personally, I got into zinc too late. Like I didn't, I, sh- I wish I would have gotten into it sooner, but um, I feel like zinc's really helped. And I, and I also think that zinc not only helps like me heal faster, but I, I also feel like it boosts my like mood sometimes. Yeah. I think it just kind of balances me out a little bit. Um, Absolutely. So I like that a lot mm-hmm. as well. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, so what's next for Amy? What what's on the agenda yeah, what, for you? Because yeah. I mean, you 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 made this comeback for this Olympic mm-hmm. trial, and now what's on the agenda? Yeah. So I'm getting surgery. So I'm taking a little step back from swimming. I need to fix my chest. I need to fix my yeah, arm. Um, for real. That's really important at this point. Uh, and I'm kind of like leaning towards retirement right now. But I think for me, like that door is never really closed probably until I'm like dead. Um, <laughs> you really, until so, you really want to retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I have seen so many people in my position retire from pure hatred of the sport. They hate it. They don't want to do it anymore. They never want to see a pool again. People retire and do not touch a swimming pool for years and because they're just like, I hate it. Like I can't do it anymore. And and I'm in this really great position where, you know, I'm probably done, 
but I still love it. I loved competing. That's I love awesome. training. I love the sport. I love the people it brought me. I have like such gratitude towards it. But at the same time, I think I need to start recognizing that, hey, my body, like I'm 23 and I'm going to have three surgeries in a year and a half. Like, I think we mm-hmm. just need to kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. And just like regroup. Listen to your body and, a little bit. Yeah. Obviously. Listen to my body, be in tune with it and give myself that grace to, you know, like I had a great career. Did I ever become an Olympian? No, but that's the only (laughs) thing I didn't do. And (laughs) I think for me, it's like, that's a bigger life lesson. There's going to be a billion things you want to do in life before you die. You're not going to get to them all and being at peace with that and knowing that the things you did have was worth it and fulfilling. And so I think for me, looking back at my career, I have to really be like, I'm fulfilled. I'm grateful for it. Was I able to achieve everything? No, but no one's going to achieve everything they've ever wanted to do. That's just not yeah. going to happen. And if they do, please write a book. I'd love to hear about yeah, that. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can write so, a guide for all of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, like, I went through the interview process. I got a job. I start next week. It's really exciting. Congrats. Thank you. I'm moving out to Austin. That's why we met because I was selling my bed. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, so I'm really excited for that next chapter and to see what else I can be good at. I know I'm always going to be an athletic human being. I'm always going to be competitive. So being able to translate that into the workplace and know, you know, I've been such a good swimmer. Like I need to find worth outside of swimming as well. Um, And that's really important to me. So I think that's what's next moving forward. Do I rule myself ever coming back to the pool? No, I want to do it. Like I want to be able to be like, you know, a master swimmer and go to practices. I don't know if I'll ever compete again right. because i think that's going to be hard mentally if i'm competing and i'm not where i know i could be of course. So, but i think being able to like get in the practice and still love it coach like, there's nothing yeah yeah mm-hmm. i know yeah. i've gone coaching coach. offers actually <laughs> and and like really good ones and for me well, you want to see what's to, outside I of it first take a step away i think i'll probably come back to the port that's what i was thinking for income some capacity but like I need to take a step back, find meaning outside of it and come back. Like I'm always going to love it. I'm always going to appreciate it. I'm always going to be around it, but I need to not be on deck every single day. And I need that. I need that definitive closure and then be, to be able to come back and be like, all right, this is me stepping in a little more perspective. Right. Yeah. Not just a swimmer who's like still on deck, but not in the pool anymore, but they were in the pool last week. Like that to me, I can't do that. So what a pure mindset. Wow. Beautiful. No. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I t- I, we did, I'm so glad we got you on here because like this was absolutely phenomenal, yeah. more than we could have ever asked for, for real. No, this has been really fun. I've loved the conversation. I think there was some really good stuff talked about today. And we can help a lot of people with this information, like to see your perspective from inside the swim world, like definitely. Well, and I think the transition too, like from this episode from Carlette's, like how she talked about you know, <laughs> going from, you know, a whole career and basically life of playing sports your entire life to how to handle the into, identity. Yeah. Now switching into, a, you know, you're getting a job and, and moving into that kind of business career world. It's just, uh, it's funny how it all ties together and it was just a perfect guest today. So that was awesome. I loved it. Thank you guys. Thank you so much with your time, Amy, and uh, good luck on your future in Austin. And we wish you the best. Maybe we can have you back later to talk about, uh, you know, the differences and similarities between the business world and the athletic world. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Um, uh, Can you tell the uh, viewers where we can find you on uh, your social media platforms or wherever else? Plug yourself. Yeah, it's really complicated. It's just my name. So it's Amy (laughs) Hillquist, A-M-Y-B-I-L-Q-U-I-S-T on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, 
Yeah, that's where you can find me. I feel like my Instagram is probably the most entertaining though. So <laughs> don't All have right. high hopes for any yeah. out, anything else there. Yeah. Perfect. Well, awesome. we'll throw those links in the description for the podcast. Um, other than that, I think that was a that was a tremendous episode with amazing nuggets. Thank you so much for Absolutely your time amazing. more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, just running into us and just coming on our podcast. Like, thanks for trusting with us with your information. Yeah. Of course. All right, Amy. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, you yep. too. Bye, guys. Catch you later.